Hey guys, welcome to this live global men's live stream. My name is Jeremy and I'll be your host today. Now before we join Kenny today, I just want to give you guys uh, a real quick encouragement. Um, I know during this time of the COVID-19 crisis that sometimes it can be a little daunting. It can be a little overwhelming of everything that's going on. And you might be wondering, are we even going to make it through this? Well, I want to encourage you, if you look, look at the greatest victories, the greatest battles that ever happened, you'll see there's a few things in common. One of them, overwhelming odds. Another one, depleted resources. Another one, everybody just feeling tired, worn out, maybe even ready to give up. But there's one thing that these men all had in common that saw these victories. They didn't give up. They kept on fighting no matter how they felt. And I wanna encourage you men today, wherever you're at, continue to fight, continue to push forward in Christ because we know that we have victory in him and through him. Well, if you know somebody that needs to hear this message, go and take a moment and share it right now. Now let's join men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, for part four of the Corona Chronicles. Good morning, men, and welcome to the men's global live stream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a spot in Philippians chapter four, and if you're a notes person, just make sure you click the download link right on the homepage where you're watching this live stream. And like we began last week's session, uh, today, before we begin, uh, I know there's one thing that is true, that there are people who need a touch from God right now. And as a community of men uh, who believe in Jesus, which makes us a community of faith, uh, we're not powerless to impact the world around us. Um, it's, it's Holy Week, tomorrow is Good Friday, and on Good Friday it seemed like there was nothing good that was going to come out of that. In fact, no one looked at that and said, man, uh, this is going to be the best weekend of our lives. They thought it was the most miserable place to be. Uh, but yet God was present, God had a plan, and God's power was going to be manifested in the midst of that adversity on Good Friday. Because then Resurrection Sunday followed a terrible Friday for the Son of God. And, and so with that in mind, I want us to go to God in, in prayer. Our prayers are powerful. In fact, if you're at home, uh, I want you to say something to yourself. Say, my prayers are powerful. Now, why did I have you do that? Why the silly exercise? Because powerful prayers are centered in a powerful person. And the most powerful person who ever walked the planet is Jesus Christ. And so we're going to center right now our prayers in a powerful person for others, men. And so bow your heads with me and pray with me. Jesus, you're the son of the most high God. You are the resurrected Lord. You're the coming king. And Lord, we want to bring our situation and the people around us, the people in our community, people in our families, the people in our world. Lord, we bring to you right now the sick. And we pray healing mercy over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, pray for the lonely. And we pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit and your assuring presence. Lord, we pray for the anxious. And we pray the peace of Jesus that passes all understanding would flood into their minds and hearts right now. Lord, we pray for those who are serving right now this moment. We pray for the power of God, for the strength of God, for determination and focus. And Lord, we pray the encouragement of God onto their lives right now. 
Lord, we pray for those who lead. Right now in this crisis, we pray that you would give them wisdom from heaven, vision, insight, ideas, focus. Help our leaders, Lord, our mayors, our governors, our elected officials, our president. Lord, we pray for those who own businesses, who are wondering what's going to happen. Lord, we pray a supernatural bridge to the other side of this circumstance for them. Materially, emotionally, spiritually, God, we pray for employers. And Lord, we pray for employees who have lost their jobs or filed a jobless claim, God. We pray, God, that you would begin preparing now a return to work, whether that's with their their former company or whether it's a new job. God, that you would infect their spirit with hope that things are going to be all right. And Lord, we especially pray for those who grieve. We pray for the freedom to grieve fully. And we pray for the comfort that only you can provide from heaven to heal broken hearts. God, your word says you're close to the brokenhearted. And you save those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, we pray for husbands and wives and their relationship with one another during this time. We pray for dads and moms and their relationship with kids. We pray that you would bring them together. We pray that you would bring families a new unity, a powerful unity that is, that is centered in you. And Lord, we pray for everyone who's confused and disoriented. Lord, we pray that you would bring clarity and hope. And Lord, we pray for your people worldwide, everyone who names your name. We pray that you would fill every believer afresh with the Holy Spirit. Refresh their call. Refresh their love for you. Refresh their love for others. Help them to lead in love in this situation where you've called us to be salt and light. And God, we pray that you would end the separation and sickness by your power and start the connections. Fuel the revival and renewal worldwide, in every dimension, not for our glory, but for your glory, that all may see your mighty hand in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, amen. I'm glad we got to start our men's global live stream that way, praying for other people. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, let's review our, our key verse and headline for this series. If you have downloaded the notes, it's right there on your notes. Otherwise, it's gonna be on the bottom of your screen. But it comes from Philippians chapter one, verse 27. And these are the words of a quarantine man that are a man that is traveling through time to us now who are in quarantine. And it says this, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And so what we see is this placement of adverse circumstances, whatever happens, next to this dimension of living and conduct in the midst of adverse circumstances. Whatever happens, we're going to conduct ourselves as men of faith, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so the headline for the Corona Chronicles is when your faith is in Christ and when he is your anchor, you can move in adversity beyond panicking and reacting to leading and loving. Did you hear that? In adversity, a man of faith can move beyond panicking and reacting to leading and loving in the midst and in the presence of pressure. On your notes, it has a definition of the word transcend, 
right? Because that's what this verse is talking about, and it's the life God's calling us to in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. He's calling us to transcend our circumstances through faith in him. And let's just define that. To transcend means, and you can write this down, to rise above or go beyond normal limits. Now, I think that's plain to everybody. Anytime you transcend anything, you rise above it. Or you go beyond normal limits, uh, normal, um, normal barriers, whether they're in, in you or, or outside of you. But to do that, uh, you need a reference point that is above you or beyond you. And that's what the Corona Chronicles is all about. That's why we're, we're looking at God's word, because that's who the man of God is. That is what the man of God does. Did you hear that? The man of God, that's who we are. And what do we do? Because of our faith in Christ, we transcend circumstances because we have a reference point that rises above any circumstance uh, that we're in. And we see this expressed in the Bible in many places, but I cherry-picked one of my favorites, and from, it's from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And this is going to set the context for what we're going to talk about here in part four. It says this in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, and it's written to people who are captive, all right? Just as a reference point, this is written to a captive people. Listen to the man of God, Isaiah, charge God's people. He says this, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I want you to say a couple of things with me. Say, new strength and soar high. Right? New strength and soar high for people who have a reference point that is beyond their captivity, beyond their circumstance, and beyond what they're going through that is above it and what happens. Those people who have a reference point beyond their circumstance, the person and power and presence of God in their lives, what do they get? They get new strength and they soar high. That whole soaring high picture, I want you to, I want you to envision that. You know, I wrote a book called Soar, and it's about the spirit-filled life. It's, it's, it's exactly about what we're talking about today. And to kind of get ready for it, I, I took a, a, a gliding uh, training with my, my pilot friend, Paul. We, we drove up to a part of California, and uh, I remember getting into that glider with that instructor and uh, that little Cessna that was going to pull us up into the air. And then he said, okay, pull, pull the release core. And then uh, when I did that and we cut loose uh, from the plane in front, just the feeling of lift on those wings. And then I just began to listen to the voice behind me, just give me little instructions of, okay, shift the stick to the left a little bit. Uh, don't grab too hard. And, and just that partnership. And here I was soaring on these thermals and rising above the earth. And it was such an incredible experience. But you see, that's kind of the picture of my instructor and me, and we're soaring because I'm, I'm listening to the voice that is around me and in me. 
And that's what Paul's trying to say. You got to have an eternal reference point. You have to have a voice in your life uh, that is beyond you if you're going to transcend or rise above. You see, in the midst of change and challenge uh, and transition, uh, the key is staying focused. Like, my trainer had me focused. He was focusing me on the horizon, on my little, um, my little stick, the stick that, that steered the, the glider. And, and in the same way, God is focusing us right now in this global live stream. He's focusing uh, his sons, uh, sons of the king. And here's, here's a little passage of scripture that helps us focus uh, to transcend. It's from Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 through chapter 4, verse 1. It's going to lead us right into where we're headed. It says this, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. What I love about that, and this is a great verse for the Passion Week. He's crucified, we're crucified with him, we're dead to sin. He's resurrected, we're resurrected. We're alive to God in him. And this this passage portends the culmination of our experience with resurrection where we get a whole new body. But do you see what the man of God from quarantine, Paul, is advising his friends in the faith. He's saying, you know what? Focus. Focus on your citizenship in heaven, the power that is in that identity, and stand firm in the Lord in this way. How? By focusing on heaven, by focusing on where your home is, by focusing on your identity. And that's going to strengthen you up. You know, when someone stands firm, it means they, they kind of plant their foot, all right? They're not wobbly. They're standing firm. You know what we need in this? We need men of God, spirit-filled, full of faith, focused beyond their circumstance on the Lord with their feet firmly planted on earth, but connected strongly to heaven. And so that's our theme for, for part four, is how do we transcend? How do we rise above? How do we go beyond the normal limits that this pressure situation is putting on us? More specifically, how do I rise above to lead and love? And so we're going to continue our conversation in the book of Philippians. We're going to listen to the man in quarantine uh, give advice and counsel and truth from God to people who are in an adverse circumstance. And so as we continue the, the conversation <clears throat> in verse four, in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, write this down. How do I rise above to lead and love in this situation? Number one, let faith rule in disagreement, right? Listen to what Paul says. He says, I plead with Yodia, and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, why is Paul saying that? He's saying that because uh, in the midst of pressure, doesn't matter who you are, Christian, non-Christian, all right? Even spirit-filled, faith-filled, Christ-filled people crack and attack under pressure. Can you relate? 
You know, where your, your, your emotions go low, your strength goes low, your out of control, the out of control nature uh, causes you to, to panic a little bit and the pressure of the situation causes you to crack and then who, whoever is around you, you attack. Well, these Christians were, were no different than, than other Christians. Why? Because the dynamics of change and challenge and transition were imposing themselves on them, and they needed to, to get their mind right and their faith right in the midst of it. You see, here's what happens when you have change and challenge and transition. You can go one of two directions. You can, in the midst of change and challenge, you can go in the direction of fear. You can listen to that. That pours you, that dives you into a nosedive into self. And the result of self, a self-focus, an inward focus, where inward focus where you draw in, is always division. Why? Because fear leads to selfishness and self-protection, which always leads to division between you and people. Or in the midst of change and challenge, you can go the faith route. You can let faith rule in the situation. And when faith rules and your, con- your connection to God allows you to get outside of yourself, and actually focus on others. That's why we started the live stream that way. Faith in God allows us to focus on others, and when you focus on others, that can create closeness that only faith brings versus division that fear brings. You know, this is a repeated theme uh, for the Apostle Paul, the spiritual coach for adversity. In fact, he coached the Colossians in the same way. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, he says this, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Boy, what a picture. Peace from Christ ruling. And the picture is a relationship with God being the umpire and the referee. Where faith is ruling, not fear. Christ is Lord, not my circumstances. And then look at how it works itself out. It works itself out in the relationships around those believers in Christ. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Peace is always better than panic. And so how do I rise above in the midst of this crisis to lead in love? I got to let faith rule under pressure and in the disagreements that pressure will inevitably bring about. Secondly, I got to let my confidence come from God's control. Write that down. In the midst of pressure, if I'm going to rise above that pressure to lead in love, I got to let my confidence come from God's control. Paul Paul continues this this coaching in the midst of adversity in Philippians 4 verses 4 through 7. He says this after encouraging them to let their faith rule in disagreement. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I love about this encouragement is that Paul gives the easiest first step ever. And what's that first step? Get in the Lord. All right, if you're listening to me via the live stream, would you please say that? Say, get in the Lord. And that's what the encouragement is right at the start of this verse. It says, rejoice in the Lord 
always. And then Paul says, once you get in the Lord, what do you do? Well, don't panic. Don't be anxious. Pray. You know how many bad decisions are made out of anxiety, right? And so in order to not make bad decisions, we need to get in the Lord. And when we're in the Lord, man, we need to talk to God. Can you say this with me? The peace of God comes from talking with God. Why? Because God's in control. Anytime you're next to and connected with a person who has control over the environment and over the situation, anxiety goes down, peace goes up. So that's what Paul's encouragement is. He's saying, hey, let faith rule in disagreement. And listen, in this pressure situation, let confidence come from God's control. And then, did you hear that language? If I get in the Lord, and if I pray and I don't panic, what comes my way? Power, peace, and perspective. He, say, he says this. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, the one who's in control. Listen, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. So let confidence come from God's control. How do you do that? You got to get in the Lord. Once you get in the Lord, you put yourself before God, all right? Start talking to God because peace from God comes from talking with God. And when you start talking with God, he begins talking back to you about himself and when he begins to talk back to you, you receive power, you, re you receive peace, and all of a sudden your heart and your mind gets calmed and you get perspective. Listen to what David said uh, here in the Bible. It's the next verse on your notes. David said about him, God, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be what? Shaken. I will not be shaken. What a picture, right? I will not be shaken. Um, there's a quote by one of my favorite men of God. His name is Alan Redpath. And I actually printed it out today so I could read it and share it with you today. But Alan Redpath was a man of God. He's a man of faith. And he was a man who experienced much adversity. And he put it this way when it comes to God's control. He said this, there is no circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until, first of all, it has gone past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come that far, it has come with a great purpose, which I may not understand at the moment, but I refuse to become panicky as I lift my eyes up to him and accept it as coming from the throne of God for some great purpose of blessing to my own heart. Translation, God's in control. And that means God's purpose is being worked out. What is Alan Redpath doing that the Apostle Paul is doing that the Bible is encouraging us to do right now is to acknowledge God's sovereignty and control over the events that touch us. You see, we talked about in, in this series how Jesus predicted and was upfront about how life on earth is like a bowling alley. Circumstances bowl into your well-ordered, predictable expectations and, and life, and it gets upset. 
He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And that goes to my point of let confidence come from God's control. That's what men of God do. So how do we rise above to lead in love? Got to let faith rule in disagreement in this adversity. We got to let confidence come from God's control. Uh, And then number three, let your mind make the difference. I mean, wouldn't you agree that in adversity and under pressure, your mind can go a lot of places? I bet there's, uh, there's thousands of us listening this morning where in the midst of this situation, your mind has gone to some places, some dark places, some unhealthy places. You've thought about things. You've thought about outcomes. You've thought about scenarios, all right, that are just dark and unhealthy and not from God. Why? Because the real battle in all of this It's not our circumstances. It's our perspective on our circumstances. You see, in adversity, you got to get your mind right to act right under pressure. And that's why the man in quarantine says this to his friends that he separated from. He says this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, guess what? In this adversity, the battle is in your mind. It's in your perspective. It's what, it's the thoughts that you let in and it's the thoughts you intentionally keep out, right? Talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, or 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Paul is talking to another group of believers, and he's talking about this battle of the mind, and he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up, listen, against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I know that... um, most, if not all of you, have traveled who are listening to my voice right now, and you've gone to an airport, airports which are now empty, but when they're full and when they're at capacity, there's an international terminal when you go to a different country for people coming into our country, and they have to go through customs, right? And there's always a little person behind a plexiglass wall with a computer screen and a little camera that's pointing at you, and you know what they do when you enter uh, a foreign country? They inspect you, and then they ask you a couple of questions. And then they look up and they get a little information on you to see whether letting you in is a good thing or a bad thing. Did you know that in this circumstance, you got to manage your mind aggressively? Because under pressure, you're going to be tempted to think about things and scenarios that either you have no business thinking about or that are unhealthy for you. And you got to be that that little person at the border of your mind who's inspecting thoughts that come in. And you know what? Paul says, hey, you know what? Stamp the passport and let in thoughts that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and what is admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Go ahead, let those thoughts in. Let these thoughts in from the Bible, all right? Let truth uh, come in. But you know what, that other stuff, you know, the fear, the fear thoughts rooted in fear, right? And the other thoughts of actions that, that you can take to, to grab control of the situation or, or false solutions to the problem at hand, Don't let those thoughts in. In fact, um, those are going to lead you down a path that is going to destroy you. That's why we have to 
aggressively manage our mind under pressure. And if we're going to rise above, men, to lead in love in this situation for such a time as this, right? We got to let our minds make the difference. Why? Because all behavior, good and bad, starts up here. Our behaviors reflect our beliefs, and we have to believe right now what God says is true about us and about the situation. So if we're going to rise above to lead in love, we got to let our minds make the difference. So how are we going to do that? Let faith rule in disagreement. Let confidence come from God's control. Let your mind make the difference. And then next, let God use the opportunity to grow you. All right? You know, the, the best opportunities and in incubators and test tubes for personal growth is not when things are going easy. And it's not when you're on smooth seas. It's actually when there's the waves of circumstance hitting the vessel of your life as you're trying to reach a destination. We see this happening uh, in the midst of this quarantine that the man of God, Paul, is in as he's separated from his friends. And, and listen to his perspective. Listen to how he's using uh, this opportunity to grow him. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And why don't we read this last part together? If you have your notes, look on the screen. Let's read that last sentence together. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Boy, there's a, a good summary and a good action point and a good solution right there. This situation is bringing an opportunity for us to turn to Jesus. Jesus gives us power, perspective, and strength and an opportunity to grow. Did you see Paul describe what's going on? Paul's opportunity in the midst of this adversity to grow was to learn contentment and gratitude. There are some of you men out there right now. I am talking directly to you. God is talking directly to you. This opportunity is your opportunity to learn how to be thankful for what you have and even to be thankful for what you don't have. Because if you don't have something, it's because God has not allowed that thing to enter your life because he, in his wisdom, knows that if he gave the very thing you wanted, it might ruin your character. And in turn, it might ruin your relationships because your character is ruined. It might get you sideways. And so we need to be content and grateful for what we have. That was what Paul's opportunity was. Here he was, captive and in quarantine. He's like, you know what? I'm learning contentment. I'm learning gratitude. That's a lesson for all of us, man. And then do you see his friend's opportunity? They had an opportunity to show how much they cared about him and to show their concern. Man, isn't that a word for right now? Can I get an amen? that right now we have an opportunity to show other people how we really are, are concerned for them. And, and we, we're given this opportunity to care, whether that's going on online and ordering something online and shipping it to someone, or whether that's putting a note in a mailbox just saying, hey, if you need groceries, text me. Here's my phone number. You know, if you know if there's an elderly person or someone, just ask them, what do you need? But you see, you know, we grow the most, not in prosperity and not in comfort. We grow the most 
in adversity. Now, God is saying, don't waste this custom-designed opportunity. This COVID crisis is a custom-designed, custom-delivered, right-to-our-porch opportunity to grow. The question is, will we take advantage of it or will we waste it? Will we learn the secret of being content and be grateful? Will we grow in relationships? Will we use this opportunity as a moment that we can show how, how we're concerned for others and care for them? Or will we waste it? Adversity equals opportunity. So let this opportunity grow you. And now lastly, how are we going to rise above to lead in love? We got to let our troubles bond and bless. We got to let our troubles bond and bless. You know, this is what's happening. You can kind of see it in the conversation. If you read uh, or go back and, and watch uh, Corona Chronicles 1, 2, 3, and now 4, you can see this process of where there's a guy who's in quarantine and there's people that he misses and they're having this conversation and the powerful reality that's being imposed on them. And I think that's how we all feel. This is like, how many times have uh, my family and I at, at the dinner table just said, is this crazy or what? I mean, is this just a nuts situation? I mean, this is a, a moment in history that we're all living through. It's, it's crazy, but you know what? Um, God is using this craziness to bring togetherness. God's using this craziness to bring us closer. God's using this trouble to bond people and actually bless people. You see, all those silver linings that are coming about in the midst of a terrible moment, we're saying, yeah, that's a silver lining here and a silver lining there. Those are from God. You see, why? Because when you go through a powerful change or transition or reality, it has the potential to create powerful bonds. And this is what Paul talks about in the next part of the conversation. He says this, he said, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. It's so interesting. He doesn't say it was good of you to share in my prosperity or success, but it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know what? One thing that has just blown me away is how uh, so many men that I've talked to, they said, you know what? My purpose in this is to be generous. You'd think that in adversity, guys would go inward and be selfish. Nope, they're using it as an opportunity not to be selfish or greedy. They're using it as an opportunity to be generous. And they're creating an awareness through their generosity that, man, God does have a purpose. And God is, is blessing me through this man of faith um, in the midst of this adversity, and look at what's coming out of him. Generosity. Where does that come from? It comes from a generous grace and a generous salvation and a generous redemption and a generous God who loves a man generously 
and has secured his future, which then frees him in the midst of this adversity to be generous with other people. Guys, I'm telling you, let this circumstance, let this opportunity be used by God to bond you with other people and to bless other people. I'm telling you right now, there are some of you right now, you need to write checks. You need to get online. You need to send gifts. You need to put notes. You need to extend yourself. You need to risk. You need to enter the lives of people. You need to get on your phone and you need to start texting and blessing people in your contact list. In fact, I'm going to be issuing a thing called the check-in challenge. Guys, there's 20 guys in your contact list that you need to reach out to like this, and you need to share in the troubles that some of your guy friends are going through. You know that some of them are on the edge, and on the other side of your text is a guy whose life is like an iceberg. People are only seeing the tip, but underneath there's thoughts of anxiety, there's thoughts of suicide, there's thoughts of, of fatalism underneath. But we got to reach out in the midst of this to bond with people and bless other people. Look at what it says in the book of Proverbs, one of my favorite verses. And this is God's word for us today, men. It says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know what? Relationships are truly born in the midst of adversity. That's when you see who your friends are, right? When adversity comes, your real friends come walking in while your non-friends go walking out. Well, are you going to be a true friend in this situation? Are you going to let this adversity uh, and this trouble allow you to bond and bless with other people? And what I love about this passage from Proverbs, from God's Word, a friend loves at all times. It's easy to love when things are easy, right? True love manifests itself when you got to sacrifice. When you got to stop focusing on yourself, trust God, and start focusing on other people. Do you know that Adversity is an actual God-ordained accelerator of intimacy. Do you believe that? Well, that's, that's what God's word is saying to us right now. So guys, God is calling us to rise above our circumstances to love and lead. How do we do that? How do we transcend? How do we rise above? We gotta have a reference point that is beyond us, right? Who is that? His name is Jesus. He's the resurrected king, especially during Holy Week. If there's any group of people on planet Earth who should be rising above, it's those who are resurrected with Christ and seated with Christ, who have his perspective and his future, and one day we'll have his body. But while we live on Earth and we're connected to the Most High God, the Son of the Most High God, we're going to be living a resurrected eternal life right now in the midst of Earth. So we're going to let faith rule in disagreement. We're not going to let the pressure cause us to crack and attack those around us. We're going to let confidence come from God's control. God's above this. This circumstance is just a part of his redemptive plan, right? There's creation. There's fall in Genesis chapter 3. We enter this season of redemption, which we're in now. And one day, there's going to be the glory and culmination of our salvation. But right now, it's a time of redemption. God is redeeming all of these injustices and things for his purposes to bring people to himself. We're going to let our minds make the difference. We're going to get our minds right. We're going to focus on God, focus on his truth. And we're going to let the beliefs and truths of God right, impact our behavior. We're not going to waste the opportunity. It's going to grow us. We're not going to waste this custom-designed opportunity to learn contentment and gratitude and uh, to learn care and concern. And then we're going to let this adversity 
introduce the opportunity to bond with people and bless people. And so God is moving, man. God is moving powerfully in your life. And there's, there's some people right now, there's some men right now, you needed to hear this. You've been resisting growth. And God has wheeled you in to the elective surgery operating room. Those might be closed on, in real hospitals, but in God's hospital, here we go. It's time for God's elective surgery on your heart and on your character. And it's not a stab to kill, men. It's a cut to heal. This circumstance, God wants to use not to destroy you, but to develop you. God wants to use this circumstance not as a stumbling block, but as a stepping stone to a greater you. God is using this adversity to inspect you so he can perfect you. God is using this opportunity then to create a new you. And so, guys, let's enter that dimension right now. And we can do it in faith and we can do it in the name of Jesus. So bow your heads with me wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing. Put your pencils down, put your notes down. And I want you to quiet yourself before the living God, the resurrected King who wants to resurrect you right now and cause your light to shine. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that our citizenship is not on earth. It's in heaven. We're not only crucified with Christ and dead to sin, but we're also resurrected with him, which means we're alive and will forever be alive. But right now, we want to be alive to your purposes. Jesus, thank you that we're also seated with Christ, that we can have your perspective, the one who is above all things. We can have your perspective on what is happening in our lives and in our neighborhoods and in our communities and in our world. And when we see from your vantage point what we're doing, Lord, we see that you want to grow our faith. You want to let our faith rule. And so God, Right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you ownership of this situation. We declare Jesus is Lord in our lives and in our choices. And we allow our faith right now to rule all our relationships. God, our confidence comes from your control. Thank you that you're over planet Earth. Thank you that it sits three spots from the sun, perfectly tilted with the right amount of chemicals in it because you declare it. Thank you that every breath that we breathe comes from your grace and your mercy. We're going to let you control us, and we're going to let our confidence come from your control over what's happening and how your purposes are being worked out. God, we need new minds. We need to think about this the way you see it. We need to let our minds make the difference, and so, Lord, fill our minds with yourself. Replace fear with faith. God, replace lies with truth. Let promises fill our minds and hearts from you, especially the one that says that if we seek you first, you're going to add things to us. God, we pray that you would move us in our choices and in our minds to seek you first. God, use this opportunity. We don't want to waste it. So Lord, use this opportunity to teach us contentment. Use this opportunity to teach us gratitude. Use this opportunity to help us Show the care and concern that we feel inside with real actions in real time. Help us do crazy things, Lord, during this time. Acts of generosity that this circumstance does not call for, but that you 
are calling for. And then, Lord, we pray that you would use this troubled time to bond and bless versus distance us and destroy us. Lord, thank you that in this adversity, that when we give, it means so much more, and that when we receive things, it means so much more. So, Lord, thank you that when we're looking for an opportunity to mend a relationship, this is the time. To renew relationships with you and with others, this is the time. To reconnect with long-lost family members, this is the time. To give or receive forgiveness from someone we're separated from, this is the time. To heal, this is the time. God, thank you for this opportunity. So Lord, we pray that you would just eliminate the selfish stuff and the trivial stuff and the peripheral stuff and the childish stuff. Those are useless. God, and replace all that stuff with what is true. Replace that stuff with your life. Replace that stuff with healthy relationships and serving others. That's your purpose for this time. Help us to embrace it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, this morning, God has spoken. Um, Can I just encourage you, coach you? Whatever he's prompted you to do, do it now. As soon as this live stream ends, do it now. Text someone, now. Go online, order something for somebody, now. If you need to say something to say, say some, something to somebody, say it now, all right? Don't wait. And if you're just joining us for the first time, there's three other sessions of the Corona Chronicles. I want to encourage you uh, to share those with your friends, and we'll see you next week. And the reason he's not taking his place is because he loses his vision of God, which then he loses his perspective. You're out of place. God is calling you back to take your place as a, as a God's man who's a husband, as a God's man who's a dad, as a God's man who's a friend, as a God's man who's a neighbor, because no one else can take the territory that only you can take and that God has assigned you to take in this hour.